S.D. Pliskin, American, Lieutenant, Special Forces Unit, Black Light. Two Purple Hearts, Leningrad and Siberia. Youngest man to be decorated by the President. He robbed the Federal Reserve Depository. Life sentence, New York Maximum Security Penitentiary. I'm ready to kick your ass out of the world, war hero. Police Commissioner. Bob Houck. Special Forces Unit Texas Thunder. We heard of you too, please. Why are we talking? I have a deal for you. You received full pardon for every criminal action you've committed in the United States. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. Welcome to Screen Run. I'm your host, the Lady Juan, and I'm here with... Chris Scalzo, member of the National Liberation Front. <laughs> Screen Run is the show where Chris and I explore the films of a particular artist or franchise, and in season three, we are talking about the films of John Carpenter. As you may have guessed, today we are talking about Carpenter's fifth film, Escape from New York. And joining us today to talk about that... And joining us today to talk about this movie is Joe from Real Spoilers. Hi, Joe. Oh. Hi, how are you? <laughs> We're excited to have you here. Oh, I'm happy to be here. How are you guys doing? What? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. asked how we were. And I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. I'm all right. All right. Well, let's get into that. I'm about... Never mind. Fuck this movie. How are you, Chris? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm doing okay. Well, if you're going to ask. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Juan, how are Good. you doing? Good. Is everything okay? Oh, I'm great. Joe, how about you? How's everything in the uh, real world, real spoilers, media empire? <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> the media empire. Uh, it's good. It's good. Things are going just fine. Uh, moving right along. Plugging, you know, we'll just keep going and going and going. <laughs> I, break, break down your show for me. How, what's the uh, format? What do you guys do? Uh, so what we do is it's, but we call it like a, a book club for movies, basically, um, without Oprah. So we take whatever the like big it. release of the week will be, um, and we just break it down. It's it's three of us. We just kind of sit around, and it's three dudes talking about a movie. Um, yeah, it's it's super simple. Uh, sometimes we do a little conversational off-roading for our <laughs> regular listeners. That's a that's a real spoilers plug. But that's about it, man. Like that's that's kind of what we do. Oh oh, so the the girl in Assault on Precinct Thirteen, uh, it is yeah, it's the. There's twins. It's the it's the it's Lindsay Wallace's sister. They're not twins. Oh, they're not twins. They're just sisters. Oh, no, I they were twins. Is the thing that you're interested in is that her sister is in Halloween, or is it that they're both Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Because that's the thing that's interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the second. That's one. why I am interested in Definitely Kim and Kyle Richards. The one. They I are even... OG Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. They had an I epic fight. I will take fight. your word for it. I uh, I had no. I don't even know what that is. What? No, I, mm-hmm. why would I know what that is? I've never seen that show. Kyle Richards. I mean, I know that. <gasps> mm-hmm. Careful, she's going to eject you from it's the show wonderful. now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Well, Joe got Kim cut is off. No longer we couldn't finish the show with him. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I will, not, I will not tolerate housewife slander. 
I just, oh, sorry. They're, they're wonderful. And Kim in particular was an unhinged housewife. That woman has severe uh, addiction problems, and she put it all on TV. Oh. So, good for her. Yep, good for her. Okay, good. <laughs> this is this is my uh, this is my segue. So, Joe, I listened to the real spoilers episode where you guys talked from uh, talked about Escape from L.A. But oh, I would boy. like to know your history on Escape from New York. I'm a kid of the late '80s, early '90s, right? So, like peak VHS era, blockbuster mm-hmm. kind of came. We had a couple mom and pops places in my hometown, uh, but then blockbuster came in and destroyed all of that. And then I ended up working for them for 13 mm. years. So that's super cool. Um, but like, so when I was a kid, I could go to Star Video, which was the local place at like the top of my block. And it was very much like RST Video from Clerks, right? And the the guy behind the yeah. counter didn't give a shit like what I rented. <laughs> and it, so as you're walking down the aisles, you're just looking for whatever pops out. Uh, and I remember grabbing this and the Terminator when I was like, I don't know, 10, nice. maybe probably 10, maybe a little bit younger. And the dude was like, have fun and just let me walk out with these two movies. <laughs> and I remember watching the Terminator first, which takes place in 1999. Uh, thank God that didn't happen. And but it, coming back to this one, this I think this is the first Carpenter movie that I saw and it was, you know, Kurt, you know, Kurt Russell, uh, as the original, like not jacked up hero. That's right. Uh, but like in the eighties, right. You had, it was Schwarzenegger and Van Damme and Stallone mm-hmm. and they were all jacked to the gills, right? They had muscles on top of muscles. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell and Bruce Willis are like the first two that don't look like superheroes. And, you know, so that was kind of where I was like, yeah, let's do this. And then he was so badass. uh, (laughs) And I was in. I was in with Carpenter for the most part. I think I was still a little too hesitant to watch Halloween. Because I was like, no, thank you. I don't want to. Yeah. But that's that definitely like renting that on VHS from Star Video uh, and falling in love with this is my first like memory and history with this movie. And I've bought it. Probably as many times as I've bought Back to the Future, like in different formats, Ooh. right? And I think Scream Factory has the best version, yeah. and I just bought it again on 4K because I'm a fucking glutton for punishment. <laughs> uh, speaking of gluttons for punishment who love 4K, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you also purchase that? I did. I did, yeah, I did purchase I the uh, 4K on this. And there's nothing extra, right? And it's when just it... the same shit we had before. Yeah, it's, well, it's a new transfer, and I think they brought in a Dolby Atmos. Ah, you're right. Uh, soundtrack too but that's basically it um i I think the one i've the piece of physical media i've bought the most is uh that's fair i've had that on vhs i think i've had four different dvds Mm -hmm. two blu-rays and now i have the 4k they just put out a 4k set of evil dead and evil dead 2 oh so i've got evil dead evil dead 2 and ash versus the evil dead as like a giant box yeah oh you bought that yeah, I was going I back did. and forth on that. It's I, worth it. I, yeah. Well, <laughs> now that well, I bought the, t- now I bought the two individual. I mean, I bought the four K. Oh, sure, double sure. Set. So, and I had the first two seasons on Blu-ray as well already. So it just didn't make you sense. You had the Scream Factory Army of Darkness. Yes, I've had that. Well I think in four or five different formats as well. Yeah. Also, yeah, I haven't gotten the four K of Army of Darkness yet, though. 
No, I've still got it on Blu-ray. I did not bite the bullet yeah. on that one. I don't know if I. Yeah, I'm sure at one point the, if the price is right. I'm sure I will. It will happen. Even if it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I guess I'll buy it. I don't know. This previous Black Friday, again, not to date us too much, has really kind of opened my eyes to some stuff that I spent money on throughout the year uh-huh. that I could have sat on and saved at least uh, 50% on if I had the willpower. Whoa. I may or may not have spent on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. You bought that? When it was, when it was out of print. Oh, you did? I, I, I bought did. it when it first came out. So no, I bought it out of print, and then what those some bitches yeah, yeah. do? <laughs> now there's a 4K version of it, significantly cheaper than what I wow. paid for it. That is jerk off. I don't think I've ever gone too crazy on a like an out of print disc. I think if I get really desperate, I may sail the high seas for something that's out of print. But yeah, um, but that's about. I can't think of anything I've really. No, I think I just sit tight and wait. No, the newest thing now I keep going back and forth on because this is very germane to escape from New York in no way is <laughs> not going back, not going back and forth on buying blues now in case they announce a 4k later, like malignant. It's a, it's a furious. Yep. Maybe, maybe don't listen to the episode Okay. on malignant. Uh Oh, <laughs> did you not from like malignant? I did not like malignant. <laughs> I did not. I did not. <laughs> Hi, Ma. Um, All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, so what, what should I talk about? Should I talk about Escape from New York? Then? Escape from New York, maybe? Yeah. Like, when did you see it for the first time? I may have mentioned this in a previous episode. I think this is one of those things where I I had seen like bits and pieces of it throughout my mm-hmm. youth, but I hadn't really sat down and watched it probably until my late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking how cool it was. And mm-hmm. it's, I think it still is. I think it's very much a film of its time, but I think that's one of the strengths that Carpenter has is taking what's going on. Like, same thing with They Live. All the great horror films, particularly because they lend themselves to social commentary so easily, take place during difficult times. That's why I mm-hmm. think there's so much great horror in the 80s. Oh, sure. That's a great, that's a great and call. I, and I don't think there's a lot in the 90s. I don't. There's a couple standouts. But I feel like the 90s is kind of a general like, "Eh, everything's all right and everybody's kind of cruising along and everything's kind of got this weird plastic kind of surface feel to it. You you are you are spot on. There's like a sheen to it. Yeah, like an MTV sheen. Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, why the the time we're in now, particularly the last three years or so, there's been a big horror revival. I think it's every time there is like some tumult in society that something's really things are just bad yeah is yeah. when i think horror really i don't think i don't think i should say like elevates its game but maybe it becomes more resonant and it's 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 a there's more to mine there for content and i think in yeah. carpenter it was like a master of capturing kind of mm-hmm. the mood because he's a he's so economical in his filmmaking mm-hmm. but he's also so his his eye on capturing the kind of the zeitgeist and just the general vibe of society at the time is just pitch perfect. And I think Escape from New York is a prime example of that. So I remember liking it as a kid and thinking it was really cool. And I was really nervous about that because with the rewatch, because when you get to a point when you're older, you're like stuff you thought was really cool when you were a kid (laughs) doesn't always hold. Yeah. I mean, I just know what that is for you as we get into this. That's an interesting, I'm not saying you're wrong For, for me, at least looking at this, 
with 2022 eyes mm-hmm. and kind of getting the backstory for Snake and for everybody involved mm-hmm. and for where the world is in 1990, what is it, seven? It's like, oh, once again, Carpenter is ahead of us all by about 30 years yeah. <laughs> where where we are in the world today compared to where, you know, he's making up, making up, quote unquote, the future when he he's he's the Simpsons of movie. Maker. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, boss? Um, what are your what's your experience with the film? So I had not seen it like properly watched it until doing this prepping for this episode. So did you watch it in like bits and pieces or was I it was just... just kind of aware of it and then sure. I remember I distinctly remember a night when my parents were like, "Oh my god, we're going to rent this movie." And they were so stoked about it. Then I don't remember seeing it. And I don't know if it's because they were like, "Get out of the room. This is for grown-ups," <laughs> or if I just pieced out on my own. I have no recollection of what happened. I just remember my parents being so excited to rent this movie and then I didn't see it. So I don't know what happened. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. But I've just been like aware of it. But I'm going to say, so not established on this podcast, but in my past show, I have a feud with J.J. Abrams because I think he's trash. And he doesn't oh, he doesn't know that we're in a feud, but I know. And I know oh, he may. really. He may. <laughs> I hope. I can only hope. But <laughs> I finally heard him say a thing that I agree with, which is that the image of the poster of this movie had been stuck in his oh. head since he saw it. And he was so upset that that's not in the movie. Like that mm. Liberty's head is not oh. in the city. He was like sure. waiting for that. And so that's why he put it into Cloverfield. Okay. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. 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 That, so that's okay. the one thing that I'm okay with J.J. Abrams about. So, Did he direct Cloverfield? He produced it. Oh, because I thought it was he produced Chris it. Goddard? Yeah. He produced okay. it. Okay. But yeah. So he wanted to see that, see that through because the poster <laughs> haunted him. Because it's, it's it is such a great an poster. iconic image that is... Not at all in the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's true. So I'm sure Carpenter was like, nah, I can't afford that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, art department. Yeah. Good good sketch, guys. Good sketch. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I hadn't seen it. I just knew that my parents loved it. So that's my personal history with it. So before we hop into discussing the movie itself, I'm just going to run through like a quick little background for everybody listening on how this movie came to be. So we're going movie by movie through Carpenter's career. So we're just coming off of The Fog, which did well. And it was part of a two picture deal with Avco. And they're like, all right, John. What do you want to do next? And he had this script for Escape from New York leftover from writing it in college. But they're like, fine, but make it cool and make it a little bit funny. And so uh, John Carpenter had Nick Castle, a.k.a. The Shape from Halloween, punch up the script. And he basically added all of like the dry humor that we get in this. So thank you, Nick Castle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So when Carpenter originally was thinking about making this movie like back when it was just a dream when he was in college he had clint eastwood in mind once it actually came to be making it though obviously that was not going to work and he wanted kurt russell because he had worked with him on the tv movie for elvis so he wanted him but the studio wanted tommy lee jones and oh wow i know right yeah i feel like that would be so miserable to watch it would be very (laughs) miserable to watch it would be watching snake not want to do it but like <laughs> so aggressively angry about where he is, like so put oh. upon. Yeah. lots of yeah. sighing and angry. Yeah. lots of sighing. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Yeah. 
So <sighs> once once good old Tommy Lee Jones passed, they were able to offer it to Kurt Russell. And he was very excited to work with John Carpenter again. And the character, I mean, Snake Plissken's like an iconic character. They both, Carpenter and Russell, have talked about ever since they made it and they made the sequel. Is it really that character is like a combination of the two of them working together? It's very much an actor and director creation. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like it was their both of their personalities put together <laughs> to make Snake. I was like, huh. It, it is. Okay. It is. Like they, they're, it's definitely Carpenter for sure. If, oh, big If you time. listen to the commentary, uh, they talk about it, how they're both very anti-establishment and they both kind of, uh, they connected because of their, their very similar political views, very similar views about society and all this stuff. So that is basically Snake is kind of like the outsized version of both of them. Yeah, hmm. that like just like expanded to the nth degree. It's yeah. like, yeah, sure, if, sure, sure. If you didn't have to care at all, like how, yeah. how snake snake doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the film had a five million dollar budget. So shooting in New York is not going to happen. Um, the only part that's actually filmed in New York is the establishing scene on Liberty Island. And I think they said that was the okay. first time they anybody had filmed at night on Liberty Island. That was like a first for the, for that location. It's which, crazy. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, wait, really? I wonder if I wonder if it's like super locked down. That, I mean, they said that it was. They said there was literally okay. nobody there except for them. Um, Interesting. So that's that's the only part of Escape from New York filmed in New York. It's just that one hmm. that one shot that kind of pans over and cuts to inside. Uh, then obviously we're we're out of there but the majority of it was shot in st louis because there had been a fire in part of the city and so those burned out buildings are real that is a real that's destroyed not, that, city so Uh-oh. i live in st oh, louis it's east st louis i'm so sorry no 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 you no no it's it's down like it's downtown st louis yeah. a lot of those filming locations are in my hometown they are still there yeah like the the Fox Theater is like the, yes. the one of, it's it's still it's still there it's still bumping and going they have you know it's a massive it's a beautiful theater yeah, yeah so like it was all filmed here the the running gag is that Kurt Russell could be my dad <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool my mom worked at was the uh, like front desk manager at the hotel that they were all staying at oh. Oh, and so like that's kind of the running gag yeah. is that I'd give my dad the guff. I was like, I'm just saying. <laughs> and he was like, You look just like me. I was like, well, I would have thought more of Lee Van Cleef I... or uh, Ernest Borgman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are also options, definitely. A mm-hmm. uh, little Donald Pleasance, sure. maybe I guess is also <laughs> in there. Sure, but yeah, it's 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 cool since watching. I actually just watched this before we recorded just to refresh myself totally looking at all of this stuff and i was like well i know where that is i know where that bridge is i know like run- them running uh there's a scene when they first go see the brain mm-hmm. that is filmed on the civil courts court like and i am a, am a retired deputy sheriff so that's where i worked uh... so like as soon as they walked I, d- I didn't even realize it until this rewatch just now what? and i was like hey wait a minute <laughs> I worked like that was about my building. So like, you know, the columns and all that stuff, the big doors, that's all real. Hmm. None of that is is a set. That's the way that building looks uh, in real time. But, yeah, it was all, all in my hometown, the whole that's thing. So and cool. the re- the running gag that we kind of make on real spoilers <laughs> is that they needed a place to look like a bombed out, yeah. you know, New York. They're like, let's just go to St. Louis. <laughs> It'll just be like that anyway. 
And it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, uh, Joe Alvis, the production designer, they said they basically sent him on uh, a tour of America to find the worst places. They were just like, go find, Sounds find right. it. Go out there and find what yeah. looks like post-apocalyptic New York. And so he was just going from shithole to shithole. <laughs> and guess what he found? My hometown. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Yeah, what It's pretty cool. But yeah, the, the Chain of Rocks Bridge is the bridge at the end of the movie that's still in existence. And then Union Station, uh, which is the, uh, I think that they use it as Madison Square Garden. In the movie, mm. the fight in the in the boxing ring, I think. Oh, I think that's right. And okay. that's all Union Station. Oh, that that's, makes sense. And that's still there. Um, yeah. You know, it's we have an out of a soccer team, so you know that's mm-hmm. right across the street. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. So my hometown in the, pretty, in this movie, looking cool. like trash. <laughs> yeah. But iconic, iconic, trash. but iconic, very yeah. much so, very much so. Yeah. It feels real, right? When you're watching it, like mm-hmm. you're not like, oh, this is a soundstage. This is a set. Like, no, <laughs> no, it's no, absolutely. These are real. some real bombed out, burned out, yeah. wrecked buildings here. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I want to kind of talk about the opening sequence that's cut. Mm-hmm. So I watched that grainy version of <laughs> the opening sequence on YouTube. Yes, boy, does that go on for a while. It's about a twelve minute opening sequence yeah yeah do we agree that it should should have been cut yes a because i think there's an interesting moment in there where snake has an opportunity so what if you haven't seen it it, Mm -hmm. it's the it's the bank heist that lee van cleef is telling how uh snake got brought to the prison Mm -hmm. it's how he gets captured so it's the whole bank heist there's a moment in that where snake has the ability to bolt Mm -hmm. and get away but he stops and he shows a little bit of humanity and he goes back for his buddy. Yeah. And that's how he gets caught. So if you want Snake to be kind of this unrelenting, uncaring, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about anybody character, which I think is perfect, you can't have him be like emotionally attached to somebody mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. So I, th- I think taking it out is the best option uh, and then just having him brought straight to the yeah to the jail i think is let's good. dive right in yeah right i, I agree because it. it negates his entire turn throughout the film it ends with him saying call me puskin right because right. he did the right thing he did everything you know and he has those moments in the film that you're right that it would negate almost that entire beginning where he's the lone wolf he's the guy you can't trust he's just gonna look out for himself so you're entirely right i agree yeah Thanks. <laughs> I feel like it's the kind of thing that it's an interesting kind of extra piece to his story, but it really wrecks the flow if if you start with that. I can, You're absolutely right. There, I will say, if you ever get the opportunity and you want to dive further into this, go check out the novelization Ooh. because there's a lot. We we I think we find the backstory between Brain and is it Fresno Joe? Fresno, when they mention when when Pliskin sees Brain for the first yeah. time, they mention another guy. Yes, yeah. They, they talk about that. There's a whole part mm-hmm. of that that's in there. Um, you learn more about Lee Van Cleef's character and maybe why he's maybe he has an ulterior motive to be the captain, the commissioner of the World Police. <laughs> uh, there, and when we get when we get further into it, you can definitely see that there's something going on with him that they've cut out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that they talk about in in the novel. So, like, there's there's more there 
but I think that they tightened this up yes. right where it needed to be. Yeah, That's one of the yeah. things I never really appreciated about movie novelizations because they tend to be based on what, like the original <laughs> screenplay. So there's a yes. lot more yes. detail. Like I've been eyeing, there's a copy of the Thing novelization that's supposed Ooh. to have a lot oh, more good stuff. Luck. Yeah, but it's like sixty, mm-hmm. seventy, hundred dollars on eBay. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, I may or may not have the Halloween <laughs> novelization. That is, was, is my wife still down? There? <laughs> like more expensive than I can. <laughs> so, but I've, I've been thinking about picking up that thing one for a while. So, but now you're making me want to read the Escape from New York one. It's really, it's really good. Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting to get the uh, the the backstories on all of these characters that we kind of see but don't see it all yeah oh, i like that that sounds cool um let me dive in real quick on our returning players and then we're gonna get into the movie itself so all right, i'll give you about three minutes go I, I i got bullet points and unless i forgot people which i trust you will tell me i can do this so as i mentioned nick castle but he's writing he's a uh, our punch-up guy we've got donald pleasance back again this time as the president. Tom Atkins is back again. Adrian Barbeau is back again. Uh, Charles Cyphers is back. He plays the Secretary of State. He was Dan O'Bannon in the fog. Um, Frank Doubleday is back from Assault on Precinct 13. He's uh, oh, nice. one of the terrifying murderers. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, uncredited as the opening narration and the voiceover in uh, the prison when we're first kind of walking through with Snake. So, Chris, who did I forget? Buck Flower, I think you... Ah, there it is. Excellent job. That would be oh, it, yeah. I, and I thought Castle the, was uh, one of the bad guys in the film, too, at some point. Oh, he might be. He probably was. Yeah. What, what else was he doing? He was hanging around. I don't know if he was one of the Judds. I'm not sure. <laughs> God. Fantastic pull. Well done with with that reference. Outstanding. There is one that you all that Ooh, both of you missed. What? Uh, uh Susan Hubley, oh. uh, who is who is the woman that gets pulled under the by the by the chuds. <laughs> she played uh, Priscilla Presley in the Elvis TV movie. Oh. See, that's why we didn't and do she, the TV she, stuff. So yeah. Uh, oh, no, no. Yeah, I, just, I I in the in the if you watch the the alternate opening the alternate opening sequence it's like also starring guest appearance season who hubley and i was like well who the fuck is that and then i had to look her up i was like oh all right well that makes sense yeah she played she played priscilla presley in the tv movie that is significantly better than the one that was in theaters this year um shots fired i haven't seen so hey (laughs) and she was married is that the one was married to russell too yeah yes that was his first wife Yeah. yeah yeah and then she gets now she's not. Yeah. There's a really now, funny now point all about her. in the audio commentary when Carpenter and Russell are talking about that. And Russell goes, oh, look, both of our ex-wives are in this together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I guess I forgot that. Did he marry yeah. Adrian Barber? Ah. Okay. Which okay. I think makes sense. I think most people would do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I may or may not have the Swamp Thing DVD that has oh, a certain scene. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The European cut. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Adrian Bar boobs. <laughs> okay, Chris. What? What's this movie about? What happens in it? Run through that real quick. Oh, there's like a dude, and there's he. So the president. How oh, many I, eyes I, does I he love have? this, and I wonder if it's in a novelization. <laughs> you got to tell me about this. 
but supposedly that the president is he's his plane goes down so it's the national liberation front right they're gonna take him they're gonna crash the plane basically right and mm. the plane crashes but he's in this escape pods globe thing which makes like no sense but whatever None. <laughs> and he he escapes but he falls into new york which now the entire new york island is a prison colony basically now right imagine like australia but smaller oh. and, <laughs> so they gotta find they gotta get in there but they got a sneak attack because these bad guys have kidnapped the president they want they're gonna they they want something to release him but if they if they, if they get caught they're gonna kill him so they you know they've recently arrested snake and they're going to send him in. They're going to let him give him a, uh, what, a blanket pardon for all of his crimes oh. if he goes in and rescues the president. So, and then all the weird kind of fun stuff he, inter- he interacts with while he's in the uh, penal colony. One of the fun things I liked is that, so Donald Pleasance is the president, who's British. <laughs> and you're saying, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if, supposedly, again, per the commentary, the backstory is that at some point, the mm. United Kingdom reconquered the United States. <laughs> And that Pleasance think... was installed as the president. Oh my god! That was that was what just how however however they can try to like finagle like hey man well, yeah that we can't was that. that was the backstory at least that Pleasance was running with. I think that's what it is. Is that was something he came up with? And Carpenter's like, yeah, all right, Donald, that's, sure, sure, sure. but that. if that makes you feel better, <laughs> but I I, can, I just love that idea that at some point that we were so like what damaged, lost, corrupted. That the UK was able to come in and reassert control over the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that I don't think that's in the novelization. Okay, so that's just Pleasance doing Pleasance. That's just Pleasance doing what Pleasance <laughs> does. But another thing too, I love about that Lenz's film uh, an air of I don't know if authenticity is the right word, but just an air of awesomeness is Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> All right, oh. he plays as, as you said, Bob Hawk is the commissioner. But I don't think too I love is that he's got an earring on, which I found endlessly entertaining. It's the best. <laughs> I didn't notice it until the like it's the I think it's the scene where he's standing on top of the wall, smoking a cigarette, and I was like, Does he have an yeah. earring? Is it like a and it's not like a little stud, it's like a gold yeah. hoop. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever like, noticed yeah. it, in, except for the four K is what really what popped out. I don't think I, I definitely <laughs> did not notice it until just now. Yeah. So that was awesome. He, so he's got some backstory. Oh, absolutely. That they don't talk about. In the novelization, there's an extra piece to Hawk's backstory where he is just as disillusioned with the government as Snake is, but he has this. He took this job for a very certain reason. Um, his son is actually inside New York, and he kind of asks Snake on the down low. He's like, hey, my kid's in there. He's got mm-hmm. this tattoo on his arm. That's how you'll know that it's him. So Snake says, sure, whatever. Uh, so he goes in, and at some point while he's in there, he ends up finding a piece of the sun. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just his arm that has the tattoo on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, re- going to, like, Snake's character arc is rather than telling Hawk, hey, your kid's dead. Like, I found yeah. a piece of him. I didn't bring that <laughs> back. But uh, he kind of just says he's fine in there. This is where he wants to stay. And leaves it at that. And that's I think that's kind of like as he's walking away, spoilers, with the tape. <laughs> like it's he's that. It, it's it, Yeah. Well, no, or, or maybe it's right there. At the Yeah, it's right there at that interaction where they're they see each other for the last time when he's like, I got a job for you. He's like, fuck off. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, it was kind of interesting to see like that there would have yeah. been more to Hawk and Snake than I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like uh there's so much more to all these characters going on, but also we don't have to spend any more time on it. Totally. It's in a book. Yes, it's <laughs> Go in a read, book. And kids. comics, man. There are so many Escape from New York comics as well. There's a, there, yeah. It's ridiculous. There's a I mean, lot. It, it's a really cool world that mm-hmm. they've set up. You can kind of go in a million different directions. So There's one so. where the alternate version of Snake is Jack Burton. That That's cool. That, that Jack Burton and Snake <laughs> Plissken are the same person, but in alternate realities. Yeah. Oh. You know what? This would make like a, a fun prestige like HBO series too. Oh, for I'd sure. I'd love to see something oh, like that, like Escape shit. from New York Universe type thing. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Why isn't that happening? Because they're rebooting it. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot about yeah. that. Did they announce who was going to be in it? Yeah. Uh, it's me. <laughs> there we go. As, as <laughs> Snake? Yeah. I'm, yeah well, I'm... you know that like a gender flip is like the thing now. So. Go woke, go broke. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, and the internet <laughs> loves it. <laughs> uh, I thought Everyone's it was. So excited. I thought it was The Rock. Oh. Um, New York. I really <laughs> started the sour on You're not wrong, man. You are not wrong. <laughs> uh, he's doing. He's simply doing too much. That's, that's what point. it is. It's oversaturation. It's oversaturation. It's not that's special exactly right. anymore. It would help if he wasn't the same guy in every damn thing he did. <laughs> he has I one do, speed. I do love that. There's a meme where it's like it's four pictures of the Rock. And it's he's wearing the same outfit in a jungle, and they're four different movies. <laughs> uh, so it's I don't know if they've announced who is Snake, but the guy, the Radio Chris Silence Pratt. guys, are directing it, and that's pretty fantastic. They did uh, Scream Five and Six, I think. That's right. They did yeah. Ready or Not, which I think is super underrated and pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they they've done bits and pieces of the VHS anthologies oh which are really good if you tune into real spoilers there might be an interview with those guys uh right before ready or not came right after ready or not came out nice i think those guys would be just fine for the reboot just don't make it the rock (laughs) he needs it it, it, like it's it's that's the whole thing about why snake is so cool is he's not this yeah jacked up superhero he's the everyman yeah you know, and people say that Bruce Willis kind of started that with Die Hard, and that's not the case. Uh, it's Kurt Russell. And I guess it's, I guess you could say it's Clint Eastwood as well, right? Like the well, 80s, like Clint Eastwood and and Bronson, like those guys weren't jacked to the gills, but that wasn't the look in back then, right? Yeah. Like in the eighties, like that was the look. Yeah. And Kurt Russell was like, "No, I'm not doing that." Yeah. <laughs> With this hair, yeah, come on! Look at that. this! Look at this beard! Look at this! Look at these! Look at this jawline! Come on! There we go. That's it. It's Robert Pattinson all over again. Oh fuck! All right, look, <laughs> I I caught a lot of shit when he they I'm like the fucking Twilight guy is Batman, and then I saw Batman. I was like, Twilight Twilight guy's pretty good. Batman. Pretty good as Batman. I went on the Pattinson train. I think I think the first thing I saw was Rover, and I'm like, man, this kid, this kid's got it. Yeah, I'm, sure. I can't wait to see what he does next, and he's progressively been doing better and better stuff. So yeah, hey, gotta make, gotta get that break somehow. Yeah, you go. There it is. <laughs> I don't even want to tell you what I had to do to this show for one. <laughs> Talk about breaking. <laughs> what are you using the whole hand there, Doc? <laughs> Let's just objectify Kurt Russell for a bit. Happily, longer here. I love the tank top choice. <laughs> like. 
I just, I, <laughs> is it like practical? No. no. Who cares? It's just, it's so cool. And those pants. Snakeskin like, pants. Oh my gosh. It's, the eye I patch? love it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to look at him because like <laughs> he's aggressively handsome. Yes. Like I don't know how else to describe it. It's just like if you were to make a check a checklist like yeah. luscious locks of hair, check. Mm-hmm. Wicked beard? I mean not in this mm-hmm. movie, but in life now. Like that beard in the San- in the Santa Claus movie is dumb. The fact that he he's like I don't why do I need a prosthetic? I'll just grow it. It's, <laughs> it's actually funny to look at him and escape from LA. When it's like, no, this is that suit is ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous as the snakeskin pants. But yeah, happily, he just looks so cool. He does look so cool. He makes it work. Yeah, big time. I mean, it's it's the role of a lifetime, really. I mean, it if you're like a teenage boy, you (laughs) you're handed this role, you'd be like, oh my god, sign me up. The quiet brooding type. You're kind of whispering or talking through a clenched jaw. The yeah, entire just time. Just listen to this. Call me Snake. I mean, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> You've got about five pages of dialogue, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just right. A, a good amount of walking. That's, yeah, lots breathy. of walking. Very yeah. breathy. <laughs> with a limp. Gotta walk with a limp, though. That's right. Yeah. It's it, it's a swagger. Uh, d- like yeah. A, a swagger limp. Is that what it is? When you get stabbed in the leg? It's a swagger <laughs> limp? Yeah. Got yeah. it. Noted. He makes it work. He does. He, he commands... The limp. He does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he definitely like commits. Oh, I guess it's about halfway through when he yeah. gets stabbed in the leg and he has to run the rest of the movie with a busted ass leg. It goes on for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I mean, so he, the eye patch, that was Kurt Russell's idea. And then he would wear it the whole time, obviously, while he was filming. And then he had to keep taking it off between takes because his depth perception was getting all That's hilarious. Kind of fucked up. Oh, sure. <laughs> So I, I like the idea that, like, he's doing this whole thing. Is he, like, method yeah. the whole time, too? It's like, Mr. Russell, would you like a uh, latte? <laughs> Call me <a> snake. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a yes? What do you want? A vente or a grande? What do you want? <sighs> okay. So I... I, I need to I need to bring us down for a minute oh, so you no. guys can yell at me because I wanted to love this movie so much because it's my favorite kind of movie because it's a movie that happens in a day. It's my favorite genre <laughs> is mm. movies that happen in a day. My parents loved it. It's cool. He's so hot. I was just like, yes, I love this. And then it takes him like half an hour to get to New York. It's escape from New York. It does. He doesn't get there for half an hour. And then I, I can't I cannot stay engaged with this movie. Oh, wow. I know. I'm so sad. I wanted, I wanted to love it, and I was just like, find myself like looking around the room at other things because I just, it did not hold my attention. That's so interesting, mm-hmm. and maybe it's. Uh, so you didn't, you said you didn't watch this until in its entirety until Correct. just recently, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, now I've seen it three <laughs> times. That's on me. Sorry, uh, <laughs> take, I'll take the hit for that one. Uh, <laughs> just the third one. Thank you. Okay, good. <laughs> And Chris, when did you? How long ago do you think you saw this? Like, how old do you think you were? Oh, ew. I'm gonna say like 17, 18, maybe. Okay. Like, and I was sat like, down, watched the whole thing. Yeah. And I was like ten because I had zero parent <laughs> supervision. It's I. I do think that there is a level of nostalgia 
that comes along with this, at least for me, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So I'm 40. You know, I was a latchkey kid. I could walk wherever and, you know, do whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there's a level of, like, just growing up grabbing random movies off the shelf mm-hmm. that I think attributes to my love of certain movies. Yeah. Uh, I get all kinds of shit on real spoilers for my love of Monster Squad. I fucking adore that movie. Wait, who would give you shit for Thank Monster you, Chris. Squad. Thank you, Chris. That's what I'm saying. I appreciate Jesus. that. What kind yeah. of <laughs> people are you hanging out with? <laughs> Two other co-hosts on my goddamn show. <laughs> but I can accept that maybe there might be a little bit of nostalgia mixed in with some of these movies. And I just wonder if my love for this movie yeah. is tied into that as well. As like just that discovery of something that wasn't a kid's movie, oh, right? Yeah. Like making that jump to like more adult stuff when I sh- maybe should not have been watching more adult stuff. <laughs> so I do wonder if that's, that's an interesting thing that I don't think gets talked about. It's just like the nostalgia of certain things and how it's tied into when you saw it for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I know that I like a lot of crap that <laughs> is because mm-hmm. I was a kid. Like, uh, Chris... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking up um, prices for the thing novelization right oh. now. Oh, cool, excellent! Yeah, I would love to know. Uh, I would love to know what they are. Seventy-nine dollars, <laughs> free shipping. Sixty-seven dollars, twenty dollars shipping from Australia. That's unacceptable. <laughs> Seventy-four bucks, eighteen dollars shipping from Canada. No. Uh-huh. Sixty not... bucks. Get, get that free shipping, baby. One hundred and fifty-five dollars. What are you smoking, buddy? <laughs> Somebody's gonna pay for it. Yeah. 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 So no, you're saying gone. something, Juan? I'm sorry. I'm no, sure it was um, important. Ooh, 50 I... <laughs> Buy it. Buy it now. <laughs> yeah, you should You should Benefits on that. charity, too. <laughs> oh, you can't. Is that a write-off? It, I it could be. I can pull that off. Uh, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I like a lot of junk from when I was a kid. Like, I, I think that Surf Ninjas is a fantastic movie. You're not and, wrong. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. You're then um, we could we could just stop there. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, this, this one, though, like, it is it is beloved. Yeah, like, big time. And and I really I asked my dad about it because because again like I, the only thing I really remembered about it was my parents watching it and I was like Dad I gotta I gotta record my podcast about Escape from New York and he was like Oh that's one of my favorite movies and I was like Okay what do you got and then he like five minutes later he texted me back he said I heard you were dead is a great repeated line. It is. New York icons, yeah. Subway, Checker Cab, Trade Center, and of course, fooling the government. And that, <laughs> that is my dad's commentary that he had to provide is uh, just how much this represented New York. Now, my parents lived in New York in the uh, early 80s. I, well, lo- I, guess... I love that your parents think this represented New York. Oh, they loved it. When it was they filmed absolutely... in St. Louis. <laughs> they were like, this is so cool. Okay. Like, yeah. So he absolutely is like it represents New York perfectly, but emphasis on the importance of fooling the government. Yes, as part of New York City's yeah, John, <laughs> John John Carpenter to a T. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was my dad's contribution, but I did not follow up with like, did I watch it when you rented it? Or did you send me away? Because he probably doesn't remember either. But yeah, I people love it Mm -hmm. people really love it and i wanted to love it so bad and instead i was just sort of like this is a movie that is happening oh dang i'm so sad get off i'm really sad chris you want to yell at me about it hold on i I found an offer that has do it by a second book i get like 15 percent off take it to even get the uh the the halloween novelization going through here which i think so gets into this sawan thing 
Oh, does it? The, wait, the so. novelization of the first film gets it really? I think so, yeah. Ooh, I have to go back and reread it, but I think so. All right. I'm right in the middle of both of you. I think oh. that the film is not as good as its parts. I think mm. that all the stuff about it, the setting, the yeah. cast... Uh, the fucking poster. The film that, yeah, I mean, all <laughs> the... The poster is so cool. All of the elements are fantastic. I just mm. feel like there are times where it drags a bit. Yeah. And I don't think the conclusion is that particularly harrowing on the sure. bridge. I think it's a little anticlimactic. So that's that. That's what it is. The nostalgia factor was there for me. I'm like, I remember really liking it as a kid because conceptually, again, this is a movie I think perfectly made for like teenage boys. It's got everything you're looking for. Yeah, but it's as a whole, I just don't think it works exceptionally well. I love all the parts of it, but like I said, like Juan, maybe not. I'm not looking around the whole time, but I'm watching. I'm like. (laughs) I think we could have cut that sequence <laughs> and we could have tightened that up a little bit. And then again, the ending, I just don't think it, it doesn't have the punch that I w- was kind of hoping for. Do you mean the ending where they're pulling him up or the ending where he's walking away? Well, that's good. No, I'm talking about when they, when he gets out, I got you. When they're okay. the bridge okay. scene, when they're getting traced by uh, Isaac Hayes. Yes. I mean, that whole sequence for me, didn't really. I mean, I, I think the the crash that takes out Adrian Barbeau is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, but yeah. the the most of it though, I, I'm just kind of like, I, I, that's okay. It was okay, and it's not as strong as Snake Plissken as a character. It's not as strong mm-hmm. as having New York City be a penal colony. Sure. It's not as. I mean, there's you know, there's just all the bits and pieces and the parts of it are great. But this, it's one of the thing. It's not as the sum isn't as good as the parts. Basically, that's the, it's kind of how I, I feel. hear you, you know what thing an issue too. I think I have with it. We do a little thing, and I'll, I'll do this right now. One mm-hmm. is the score corner where I talk about all, right, get all the, uh, oh. the score. I because I'm a big movie score guy, and I Carpenter is right up there for me. Now Bernard Herman's probably my well. I go back and forth with Morricone and, and Herman. Probably Morricone is my favorite. But Carpenter, being an 80s kid and loving just synth music in general, mm-hmm. uh, is something I, I just love. And I have never been a big fan of this score. I, oh, no. I don't. I think they're, it's, it's much like last time's The Fog, which was a score I didn't really care for until I revisited the film and I absolutely fell in love with it. Sure. This one, it's, all, again, mostly all atmosphere. But I feel the score is so subdued that it just it never really it sets the mood for the collapsed society that is New York City. But when it comes to forwarding the action and motivating and getting me excited, it doesn't really do that. It, for some reason, it feels somewhat muted, the score in this film. So it's like if I had to give it a score of like between like an A and an F, I'd probably give it like a B minus. Okay. While the That's fog would okay. be like an A. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and the thing, well, he didn't what, do it more. Would you give Halloween? Thing, but Halloween, I've never, I didn't give it a score like that, but I would probably give Halloween the theme. Mm-hmm. For me, is tired because I've heard it so many goddamn times. Is that its fault, though? No, it's not. But <laughs> the ants, the other music cues throughout it are exceptional. So yeah. I'd probably give uh, Halloween like an A as well. Okay, 
But it's for this one, yeah, I was just kind of like, okay. Like when it comes to his scores, I probably listen to this one the least um, of all the major films. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You're but, a huge fan of John Carpenter's Vampires theme. Well, I, I don't know if I would consider that. No, I have that no a idea. Major. I have no clue if there's one for that. I was thinking of like yeah. the last theatrical one that he may have made. Yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, it's. Yeah, so I, I wonder if that played into it for me as well as. It, as a, again, not a whole coming together as much as I would have hoped. It's my ringtone. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> so your phone does this? It does. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I this is so Halloween is my favorite. Okay. I, I that that's a that's a big I, I love that that theme. But the escape the, the main escape from New York theme, uh, I love it. Like it's it it's Maybe there's a, another shot. There's just something. It's <laughs> it's very eighties. It's very synth. Oh, yeah. But there is something like you know. I'm a huge wrestling fan, right? Like it's okay. it's a, okay, and it works for Snake. Like it, if he if he was a, if he was a wrestler and that song hits and he walks out, you're like, okay, I can see yeah. this all working together. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So like I, but I I do think that. It's funny the escape from LA theme which is basically the same one but they make it like 90s. <laughs> I also kind of love because it Are you guys are you guys going to cover that movie? Oh yeah. We will. Okay. We will. Okay. <laughs> it's going to take a while though. You can no, say whatever you want. Okay, to good, say. good, good. So <laughs> yeah. That movie gets shit on all the time. Yeah. Because people don't realize what it is. Mm-hmm. They they expect it to be a sequel to Escape from New York, but it is Carpenter making fun of '90s action sequels. Go back and rewatch that. Yeah. Okay. As a set, and and think of it as a satire about where action movies were in the '90s, and just the idea of like sequelizing them and making them more commercial. And I think you'll have a different opinion of that movie. Are you trying to justify the surf scene? Is that what you're doing right now? I'm Is absolutely going to justify that <laughs> surf scene. <laughs> absolutely I am. Uh, I'm going to justify Bruce Campbell in pounds of makeup. Yeah. Uh, but no, I like if you go back and rewatch that, look at it as a, don't look at it as a Escape from New York sequel. Look at it as a satire on 90s Hollywood mm-hmm. is really what that okay. is. And it's it's significantly different. But nice. also the the '90s version of the Escape from L.A. <laughs> theme is pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this is my this is my I think it's my second favorite Carpenter score. Okay, I think for me, yeah. It it wasn't doing a whole lot for me, but the way you're describing it is like, yeah, yeah. It's um because I I think that's basically the whole thing with this, right? Is that Snake is like relatively apathetic, yeah. so. I'm feeling relatively apathetic while I'm watching it because I'm like, gotcha. That's the vibe. Yep. Well, okay. Well, do I have to stay the whole <laughs> – do I have to keep – like, I'm like, I don't – I like, I mean, like, I guess I'll stick around. Yeah. Like Eeyore. So, it makes sense. It totally makes sense to be, like, his theme. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's just it's, – it's like, hey, you know what? It, it's playing. Listen, don't. I don't care. But, yeah, it's – I. I get it. It work. It makes sense. I just I wish that I loved everything about it. Sure, sure. I, I want to love it. I want to love it. Uh, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. 
And that always makes me sad when somebody's like, yeah, I don't like it. I was like, well, fuck you. But I, I don't feel that way here because I do, I do think that this is – if Snake Plissken were a real person in 2022, uh, he would have been canceled. Like if you look at if you look at how he feels about all kinds of different stuff, it's like yeah. mm, you might be on Truth Social. <laughs> That's unfortunate. But yeah. in eighty one, you're like, no, yeah, fuck those guys, like fuck yeah. the government, yeah. and yeah, you're like, you know, yeah. also fuck the government. But yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, like it, there is a a different vibe in eighty one than there is in twenty. But I, I yeah. I do. I I can totally understand where if you're coming at this, watching it for the first time in 2022, yeah, it is going to give you a different vibe than seeing yeah. it. You know, I also think, but this is going to be kind of a controversial statement. I think Blade Runner owes a lot to this movie hmm. that nobody talks about. If you Whoa. look at, if you if you look at now, Blade Runner. Oh fuck! Here we go. I think is, <laughs> I think is boring as shit. What? It's- I uh, um, now yeah, no, it, I will I will say that it is visually an absolutely stunning movie for 1982. It is unbelievable to look at that movie. That's what I'll say. Um, <laughs> I think I, if you look at like the mat, you know the the opening sequence in this when the helicopters flying over like the yeah. the mat oh. painting kind of. Yeah. Uh, the the really crude like computer graphics of the or the the outlines of um, New York like that's on a mm-hmm. computer screen. I think a lot of that, and if you look at Blade Runner, there's a lot of that in Blade Runner. Now Ridley Scott turned it up to eleven, mm. but I think yeah. you can see like the bones of the DNA of Blade Runner in Escape from New York as well. Also, really weird to see a plane flying into the Twin Towers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Going to throw that out there. Yeah. That, uh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I want to point out, though, first, in case the folks who don't know this, is that glider thing with the effects, and they do the um, computerized version of the city as it's kind of coming in and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all real. There's no. Are you serious? Or, there's no CGI there. So, what it is, is they came up with, I can't remember how they did it. But they came up, they basically made a miniature model. Yeah. And then they put like this, what is what is it, one? Like some fluorescent tape or something mm-hmm. on it. And yeah. then just so the way they shot it's it. It's a practical effect. Yeah. Oh, like, that's... It's just a miniature because they couldn't afford doing a computer computerized version of it. Sure. So it's, it's presented as a, like, graphics, but it's actual, <laughs> like a that's real amazing. model. Yeah. That's, what, see, that's, that's the thing about Carpenter that I think people t- kind of tend to forget. Is like he had to create all kinds of stuff, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. there, there's the dolly shot in Halloween. There's or the yeah. the uh, you know walking around the house uh, with the hand cam, or even like he's like you just described. Like there's there's all kinds of bits and pieces that he and Dean Cundy. You cannot talk yes. about this without talking about Absolutely. Dean Cundy. That they created that is now just commonplace in film. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think is pretty pretty impressive. For, for both of those guys in what seventy eight and all the way up to what year's the thing eighty two yeah yeah I mean and that movie is the greatest year in cinema history unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> yeah I mean there's a lot of really impressive like 
economical things that he's done in in the movies that we've talked about so far through his career. I have to mention, because I read the trivia on it, the buildings in the background, those matte paintings, James Cameron did that. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. Jimmy Cameron. Talk about another uh, man. That's another another one (laughs) that I was like, can you just stop doing Avatar movies and go do something like, I don't know, else? Well, didn't he just say like he's going to do like six more movies and half of them will be Avatar films? And then he's out. I mean, fine, but I don't like go make a True Lies, or, oh. or go make a Terminator Two or an Aliens, like anything. Like yeah. I don't, I don't give a shit about Unobtainium or whatever the fuck they had on that yeah. stupid movie. Hey, that's a very clever name. Come on, uh, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> just like uh, what was it in uh, Wakanda Forever? They said something else. Where I was like, well, that's a little on the nose. There was a, oh. there was another element or something that I was like, oh, that's, yeah. all right. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> Not adamantium. Let's put it that way. <laughs> can't use that word. I guess they can now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So did you catch two in your trivia search one that one of the Secret Service agents was Gerald Ford's son that's banging yes. on the cockpit door? <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. hilarious. Was... uh. There, God, the the main Secret Service guy that like is, is there's a tracking shot with him. Is that? I think that I think that's the stuntman who played Michael Myers in Halloween Two. Oh, I think. Oh man, I wish I could remember that guy's name because he was no, also he was also the uh, the first uh, cyborg that gets killed in Halloween Three. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the same. It's the same guy. I think I'm pretty sure that's him walking across screen. Nope. Did you know him by his gait? So I got to ask no, you. I, I got to ask you a question about that. What are your thoughts yeah. on Halloween three? Uh, Halloween ends or Halloween three season of the witch? Season of the witch. Yes. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it got uh, shit on because it was called Halloween three. If you take Halloween three off that moniker, that would have been. Uh, one of the top horror movies of the year that it came out. Um, I'm really glad that it's getting some love now, that it's being found again, and mm-hmm. people are just like, oh, yeah, this is great. Tom Adkins is is the coolest motherfucker you'll Damn. ever see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shacking up with Jamie Lee Curtis and the other gal. That, oh, I was yeah. like, I don't know how that works, but all right. <laughs> no, I think Halloween 3 is fantastic. Good, as do I. I yes. have long... Um, champion that film for years and I am very happy like like you just said that it's gotten the recognition it's deserved the last like five years or so it's yeah one of the most horrifying sequences I've ever seen on film is which one is when the, the, the misfire kid. no the or, kid uh, okay yeah yeah, oh, yeah uh, to like even at 40 I'm just like that's oh no the, the uh you mean the gal with the fucking around with the little yeah no, not even that yeah, but one. No, you're right. It's you're right. It's the kid with the, all the snakes. And <laughs> when bugs all the snakes and bugs come out of his head, bad oh, times. Oh yeah, bad Sad times for those. That so. yeah. <laughs> but no, Halloween three. Halloween three. Also, I like Halloween ends. I'll say it. I'm not scared. I was a big fan of that movie. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. I liked Halloween Kills too. I liked Halloween Kills as well. Did I like it as much as uh, the other two? No, but I also really enjoyed it. I wish. And I'm curious for this too from you, that they had stuck that Halloween three was a success, and they did the anthology thing where every year we got a new horror film 
yeah, that I, kind of group. I think it would have been fantastic. I think that would have been a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad that we got what we got because I think Halloween 4 is amazing. Uh, everything else after that is a little wonky. But, yeah, I think having a movie anthology series, which I guess we kind of got with, like, VHS, right? Like, where VHS kind of picked mm-hmm. that picked up that ball and ran with it a little bit. Yeah. But, no, I totally agree with you. Is it, I? The problem is, is they made a, an iconic slasher. Yeah. With one and two. With well, maybe face. they could start it again. Yeah, I don't Maybe see why do not. Maybe do it for like five years and it's then gonna be, reboot. It's gonna, they're going to bring back Daniel Harris. Ah, uh, well. That's what I think they're going to do. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they'll, they'll play off Jamie's storyline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I've, out of all the franchises, I think that's one of the weakest is the Halloween one. That that 80s, 90s run. It's not good. It's, it's four, I think, is good. Four, I think, is really, is, is pretty fan. It's a return to form. And then they go off the rails at five. What do you think, Juan? Escape from New York. I don't know. I never, never saw any of the other ones. Cool. That's all right. Cool. I saw just the ones called Halloween. By That's Rob it. Zombie or David Gordon? No, Hall? God, no, not, not that one. No, I saw because the, there's three of them that are just called Halloween. I saw the 2018 one, and I saw the OG. And that's it. Rob and that's the order. That's the order. That's I it. I saw the 2018 one first. Oh, how did that go? <laughs> it was. I I felt like I knew what happened in Halloween from like living in the world. I was like, yeah, I that's got it. fair. Right on. Like I, I pretty much got everything from, from like just society. I was aware. And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, no, that's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> that's exactly what there I it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you that opening sequence of kills is one of my favorite, like opening 10 minutes of a movie ever. Mm. I love it. No argument from me. Thank you. Would you, was it be the first? I feel like when I was watching this, I felt like this is the first appearance of the Carpenter font that we see oh. in a bunch of films going forward. Uh, At least it stuck um, out to me. Where yeah, Halloween has be... it definitely has its own font. It does. You don't think it looks like that in Assault from Precinct Thirteen? Or do you think it's pretty generic? I don't know. You know what I should do? I probably shouldn't even have brought it up. What I should do is look at the titles. <laughs> The title sequences or whatever from each one you of them. You can edit it out if you turn out to yeah, be. Yeah, right, right, It just right. really there stuck out to me like, oh, yeah, that's the Carpenter font. And it's the first time it's stuck out to me that that's you the know one what? I've seen I, over and over again. I did notice it, too, because I love me some fonts. <laughs> and I don't remember seeing it before, but it might have just not been on the title. It might have been in the closing credits. Yeah, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. Ghost of Mars has its own font, I think, and Vampires does... On a different podcast, I did about a three and a half hour episode on John Carpenter's '90s output. Uh, <laughs> so that was something. Oof. But it's—I mean, there's there, there's one gem in there. There's one, and that's about it. This is going to be a long season, Chris. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I will tell you that '90s. I, I mean, if I wish you the best, because it is. Oh boy, are you guys are you guys going to do the ward? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Holy shit! Right? Limited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I, I think I did. I just it's bought the, the Blu-ray list. for like two, three bucks because I have never seen it. So it's something. Yeah. It's on the list. Yeah. Yeah. But that's this is uh this is now a screener and tradition is we start off with like r- a whole lot of enthusiasm <laughs> and, and what is recognized as like critically good stuff. Yeah. And then descend into madness yeah that's, that's what we do uh, i think that's uh that's a prereq for how we select our seasons it, um it, at least on at least with this one at least with this one i think carpenter's output from 
I'll give you Dark Star because I feel like Dark Star kind of gets a pass because it's this weird yeah. student film and it's got like this crazy pedigree of creation, like creators, yes. with Dan O'Bannon and Carpenter. It's, it's like, what is happening? Yeah. But Carpenter's output from, oh, fine, 78 to like, I guess it's 80, 85, I think that's right, is untouchable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Like, it, it's hit after, maybe not hit, but it's classic after classic mm-hmm. after classic after you know it's 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 pretty unbelievable to see that run and try to compare it to other directors i mean even like scorsese or spielberg i know that's a crazy thing to compare them to but like the yeah. consistency of the quality of work is kind of unparalleled yeah I would so at least you start after 88 is that what it is 88 <laughs> 88? 88 is they live and you know who's supposed to be in they live kurt russell oh but he couldn't do it because he was filming um, Overboard. Ugh. So you get you get Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Because in 92 is Memoirs of an Invisible Man. That's the end of it. <laughs> that's the last one. <laughs> that's the work. So I will say that's the work for hire stuff. That's the stuff. Where he, that, those are the studio movies and the yeah. things that he's not writing uh, or doesn't have any sort of like creation in the narrative of the story. Yeah. Is just the a nine, gig. Just a gig. And yeah. it shows. Yeah. 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 It's going to, it's going to be such a fun ride. It's going to be something. <laughs> Good luck. So Joel, yeah. what were your thoughts on the 4k transfer of escape from New York? Cause I thought it was solid, but not great. I, I don't, there's some, I don't like it. Yeah. I think, uh, some of these movies you, I don't think need to be in 4k. Yeah. I think, I think there's a certain level of, you need to have kind of that graininess. You need to kind of have that uh, film stock look for these films to work. Yeah. Um, so the, I think the 4K transfer is the best. I think that. Not. I'm yeah. sorry. Not 4K. The 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 Blu-ray transfer. Oh, you think is? I think the 4K is slightly better. Oh, than I the don't. Blue. I like the Blu-ray because it does. It, it's just dirty enough. Yeah. That I that I kind of I like that look for this movie uh, more than being super cleaned up. Now, is it cool to see Lee Van Cleef with an earring? Absolutely. <laughs> it's fantastic. But, like, I don't need to see, uh, you know, the, like, the hinges on a door. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, <laughs> looking at that scene when they see Brain for the first time, like, and you can make out the intricate, like, paneling on that giant metal door. Yeah. I was like, all right. Like, that's not how this was intended to be filmed. <laughs> So I so I think the Blu-ray to me at least the Blu-ray transfer I think is the way to go. If I could, I'd watch this on VHS happily, Ooh. and just get like the little film. I clicks. can't wrap my head around VHS people. I really can't get it. <laughs> I, I, I think that there are certain movies that uh, honestly it's a weird one, but the the Blu-ray transfer for Ghostbusters yeah. is trash. Oh. It it looks t- it looks too good. Hmm. Like that's oh. kind of it's it's like everything is so cleaned up. I was like. I don't need to see the pockmarks on Bill Murray's face. Like, yeah. just just have him go make some jokes and shoot some ghosts. <laughs> but I, I like there are certain things that I do think look not better, but should not have been cleaned up. I guess. I guess it's that fair. Makes I, sense. I found yeah. the, the transfer too kind of soft at times, and that's some bad like black crush issues a couple times too. I thought not it, often, I, but like once or twice. I thought it was a little. There were, I agree. There were scenes that were a little too dark. 
I don't I don't I don't know where that came from or like what they were trying to like. Uh, did they color correct it or they try to color correct I it? Don't think so. I know the whole thing was like this is the first time I think that Carpenter used a Panavision camera and he was all excited oh. about it. Because I guess they work, they can work better with low light, and I guess a lot of the lighting in the film was like natural light, like fires and yeah, street sure, lights sure, and sure. stuff. And that Panavision camera is supposed to work great with that because I think it doesn't, it captures the light better. And, yeah. But it's uh, so. Um, but I think the problem is that the film is also so dark. Yes. That you can run into some issues like that. There was a, there was a weird time jump in this movie uh, when Snake <laughs> gets captured. Mm-hmm. And he's laying on that table. It is definitely daytime when he's on that <laughs> table. And then by the time he gets outside, it is nighttime. And it's about five minutes between when he is like on that table. And it's, I was like, well, wait. I mean, I know we have 22 hours. Yeah, but, but it's I... just briefly the middle of the day. <laughs> Very it's never briefly. the morning. It's never the evening. It's just briefly the it's, middle yeah, of the day. It's lunchtime. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, it's "Oh, we're back. Strange. at We're back at night. Never mind." Yeah. Sorry. I was like, "Wait, what? What, <laughs> what happened?" Yeah. And then it's it's over, and I'm like, "Okay, uh-huh. I I guess it's important. It's fine. We're just gonna, <laughs> we're gonna keep going." Yeah, we're just gonna keep it's, rolling with it. Not, don't worry. Don't don't question it. Yeah, it's it's somehow it's a movie with a tick, ticking clock that just feels so casual. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a great point. He's just like, how much time have I got left? Whatever. I got about an hour, give or take. Yeah. It's just, it it is a very important deadline. (laughs) And it's Your head's going to blow up, man. Like. Whatever. It's like, (laughs) it's fine. Like, there is no concern. But then I guess that is kind of snake, right? Yeah. (laughs) Where he's just kind of like, yeah, dude, whatever. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. My head might blow up. Don't care. Whatever. Fuck the government. What if I'm late? Yeah, well, yeah. so what if I'm late? <laughs> Take some aspirin, I'll be fine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's just unique. It's only him. Is there anything else we need to cover about the movie before we choose our favorite performances, give our rating, and then we do our special Carpenter rating on how many fucks he gave about making this movie? <laughs> I would just like to add how excited I was that there was a mention of Hartford. I'm from, I'm a Connecticut boy. That's where I was born Aww. and raised. So uh, whenever there's a Connecticut reference in anything, I'm like Connecticut. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I, no, I don't think so. I will say if you want to get deeper into Snake's world, like I said, there's the novelization, which I mm-hmm. maybe maybe find that on some other websites that you don't have to pay an <laughs> exorbitant amount of money for. But there is a lot of I mentioned before comic books mm-hmm. um, where they I think that there's one where they talk about Serbia. Like it's the it's mm. it's the whole thing in Serbia. It's um I think oh. I think you see the relationship between Snake and the guy from the the cut beginning mm-hmm. is explored. I wish I could remember what studio what comic book company put those out. I think it was Dynamite maybe. But they're all out there. There is the weird crossover with Big Trouble in Little China where we find out that Snake and Jack are the same person. <laughs> Just in different universes where they meet, and it's Ooh. pretty fantastic. Um, but yeah, so like I think that if you're into this world, there's also, yeah, there's just a lot of extra. It's crazy to see how much lore Escape from New York has generated in other medium. I also I'm looking at my Escape from L.A. action figure uh, from McFarland Toys that uh, is a pretty great 
But yeah, I think that's what if, if you want to get more into it, there's all yeah. kinds of stuff out there. I had Go no idea it. there was a whole run of this. It's Boom Studio. It is Boom Studio. There, there we go. Okay, cool. You were close. You said dynamite. Dynamite. That's right. Thank you. Yes. Dynamite <laughs> does it. go boom. Thank yeah, you very much. You yeah, that's the way my brain works too. Uh, no, it, there's there's multiple runs. There's a lot of it out there. Um, yeah. yeah. Go do it. Go get it. Yeah. Support your local comic shop. There you go. Yeah. I love that we're encouraging reading on this movie. Yes, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> go read the novelization of the movie you just watched. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. Favorite performance. Is uh, is there a second? Is is there another option besides Snake? Like who else is the favorite performance in this? Oh, Donald Pleasance. Like, yeah, he's your yeah. favorite. No, no, he's like <laughs> if there's anybody else that could, that could be. When I mean yeah. when he go when he turns it and when he does what Donald Pleasance does. Yeah. You know, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, <laughs> firing a machine gun. Yeah. yeah. I was like, there he is, there yeah. he is. But no, it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, it is. It right, Chris. Yeah, I mean, again, I I don't want to make sure again we praise we praise Lee Van Cleef again. I Absolutely, think it adds a real totally agree with you. to the film. Um, but I would agree. I think it is Kurt Russell, and uh, yeah, no, I think I think you're is this right is, is this his first go? Like, where he's trying to break out of that Disney role as like the the Disney kid, it, or has he done something like? Th- that what you know because he was like the kid that wore the computer that wore tennis shoes yeah. and he was like doing all that disney yeah. stuff is this kind of like the the role that he's like hey i'm not that kid anymore i would think used cars he did the year before. oh okay what year is that it, 80 80 okay and elvis is i feel like elvis is 77 i think it's either 77 or 78 right well, there because there's there's 79. two seventy nine. Oh. Yeah, so there there's a there's a he did like someone's watching me. I think mm-hmm. is yeah po- is pre Halloween, but released post Halloween. I think, which I also highly recommend. It's really good. If you guys mm-hmm. want to throw him some bonus episodes, I don't know why Ooh. you would. By the time you get to the ward, I'd be <laughs> John Carpenter that point. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I feel like this is like. For Kurt Russell, this is like, hey, I'm not that kid. I'm not that Disney kid. Yeah. I yeah. can actually do, you know, and then for me, it's Tango and Cash. That's the, <laughs> that's, the that's that's the peak right there, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I it, if it's not the first thing, it's definitely like the most visible thing, right? Yeah, for sure. It's that makes the difference for the majority of audiences is like, oh, OK, this is this is not the little kid. This yeah, is not like little cute teen, <laughs> cuddly Kurt Russell. Teen Kurt. Yeah, right, right. This is grown, one-eyed Kurt. Grown-ass man, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Call me Snake. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Happily. <laughs> and that tattoo, man. You know that tattoo's got to go around his dick, right? <laughs> like, there's no other way. There's. N- uh, what do you mean you didn't think of? There's no other way. <laughs> It's. I mean, the, the half of the tattoo stops at, at stops at his belt. Yeah. So does it's the not tail like the, wrap all the way around and come that's up? That's what that? I'm saying. Oh no, I was oh. thinking the other way. Okay. It wrapped around his dick. Oh, I, why would you do? Well, <laughs> if I had to choose between tattooing my 
your dick, dick or, or my, your asshole? Yeah, or my tackle. <laughs> the, yeah, bits. Yeah, the oh, rod man. and the tackle. I'd probably go with the rod. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's a good point. Easily. But of course, <laughs> if you're snake, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they call him snake, man. Yeah. And it's not the tattoo. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Now I wish I had none. <laughs> oh, this is this is a wonderful conversation. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So this film is certified fresh at eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but we rate things here on uh, this season. It is a synth score, one through five, and half synths are allowed. So, uh, Joe, yes. How, do, how would you score? And throw in all nostalgia feels. There is no wrong answer here. Yeah. Uh, what? How do you score Escape from New York one through five on five. a synth scale? Five. five. Wow. Yeah, no hesitation. For sure. No. Loving it. No, not at all. Man, it's my ringtone, man. Like that's you know. I love the confidence. Yeah, absolutely a five. All right, uh, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Chris, what do you got? What do you say? I've been vacillating between three and a half and four. Okay. For okay. about a couple weeks now. And I feel like keeping you up at night. Take a take a shot at me. No, 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 no. no. I mean, the issue I have, like, it's also the problem is it's a cultural touchstone in eighties cinema. That's the hard part. So, even though the entire finished product I may not be completely in love with, I think the rest of it, there's so much there, so entertaining as well. I get. I'll let the nostalgia take over, and I'll go four. Yeah. That works, so I can I can stick with my three and a half. There you go. <laughs> sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I, again I wanted to love it. I wanted it. That's wanted all that matters. You know what? That's all that matters. Honestly, is like as long as you gave it a go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's oh, kind of the bottom. I that's, gave it that's, three goes. Th- all right. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck that's, me. That's a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, maybe I'll watch it again with my dad. Who knows? You know what? I think that would be a lot of fun. Just I to see how, just to see how, yeah, to see how it feels. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to. All right. I'm doing and, it. And I'm then gonna when, watch when it again. they go see Brain, you, we can over dad go, what do you think of Adrian Barbeau here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at that. Look at that dress. <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> Pretty oh, hot. Right there. Pretty hot. <laughs> I don't want to creep on. So Andrew wait, Barlow wait. With my what's what's the? This is totally off topic. But what's yeah. the? So when were Carpenter and Deborah Hill together? Briefly. Is it pre? Were they together on Halloween? I think so. Right. Okay. Okay. Chris? I just wonder how awkward that is. Where you're just like, oh, that's the girl you're dating now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like as as his producing partner. So they yeah, because he met Barbeau on someone's watching me, right? And they got married like like less than a year later. Yeah, that sounds because she they're married on the fog, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's a I love that movie. I think it was briefly before that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like how awkward that would be. Like if if it's it's like a little like a fling. With him and Deborah, I was like, okay, that's different. But if it's like a legit relationship, and they're like, by the way, here's my new wife, and here's her boobs, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about their like the ins and outs of their relationship. But to me, it kind of feels like the vibe I get from watching them talk about each other and like documentaries and different different interviews yeah. is like that they're just kind of like, yeah, that. Like, it seems like that was, like, a non-factor. 
Gotcha. Just like, I got like you. it was probably one of those. It was just like, well, we were here. And then we realized there are other people. <laughs> We're just sort of like I mean, that happens, right? You get in the trenches with somebody that other and, people are out there. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you get in the trenches with somebody for for yeah. you know, and some sometimes things happen, and then yeah. you're out of the trenches. You're like, I don't oh, really like. Why you. did I do that? Yeah, oh, crap. <laughs> now you're living here. Get out. <laughs> yeah. So according to the interwebs, they were together oh. from 1976 to 1979. Okay. Ha, ha, like, were there breaks in there though? <laughs> That's Hollywood. What does the man. internet say about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, I mean that's I mean that would make sense though, right? Like that's mm-hmm. well, yeah. Well, but it complicates things because he <laughs> met Barbeau in '78. Don't forget, was, and married her in '79. This is what I was saying. Yeah, is that I thought that there's a little bit of overlap, uh, that where there shouldn't be overlap. Mm. Now, of course, right? it's the internet. It's this website called WhoDatedWho.com. <laughs> so who knows? Totally reliable. Totally reliable. She met him, and according to Reddit, they met in 75, and she moved in with him and worked on the script for Assault in Precinct 13. Okay. On pregnant. And she passed away, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. But there is a weird overlap. That's that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know. Hey, it's it's Adrian Barbeau. It happens. What are you going to do? It's Adrian Barbeau. That's true. Okay. Uh, our last last little rating here to do is, um, as you alluded to, uh, w- later in Carpenter's career, there there are some gig movies. Oh, um, but right now, we're we're still we're still running strong. So we are going to be rating all of these movies through the season on a scale of zero to ten. On how many fucks did John Carpenter <laughs> give about the movie that we're discussing? So. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start start with myself here because I'm still talking and I can't stop. Do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think full ten. I think he mm-hmm. he had this idea in college. He finally got to make it happen. It's the guy who he wanted. He had to wait for like Tommy Lee Jones to pass and not make it what the studio wanted. And he got you know his friend to punch it up. And I think full fucks all the way ten. That's what I think. Jim. I would agree. I think it's a full 10. There's no, <laughs> you you're exactly right. He it, this is a passion project. He got mm-hmm. to he got to work with a guy that he wanted that became like kind of his muse for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, he would and if you it's actually when you listen to the audio commentary, there's uh on the Scream Factory they've redone the I maybe it was for like uh a 1999 release. But there's a commentary mm-hmm. track with Carpenter and Kurt Russell together and you can hear it you can hear the the friendship and the yeah. camaraderie between those two Aww. so yeah i think that they them working together l- allowed carpenter to give all the fucks and it, it yeah. and it shows right like the, yeah. when you, like i said when you hear them together you're like oh okay they're buddies and there's yeah. it sounds like they're still buddies which i like to think so i give me a snake plissken escape from i don't give a shit st louis at this point of old man snake it's more likely florida but yes <laughs> that's exactly right yeah yes no, they have they have officially it. seceded from the from the union uh yeah. and snake has to go in and stop covid i don't know uh, yeah, or, or convince people in florida that covid is real <laughs> <laughs> sorry i may have just alienated your entire floridian audience it's a oh no <laughs> 
Try living here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's boy. They did the what was the what was the wasn't there like a Luke Besson movie that got sued? Lockout with Guy Pierce. Oh, oh yeah. Because that, it like was... that car it was straight up escape from New York. Yeah. And Carpenter sued and won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad movie. Oh. Isn't it amazing how it's the same movie? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, that's trash. That's really good. <laughs> like yeah. that's all it takes. It all it takes is one little switch and it's terrible or really yeah. good. Yeah. It's just it's like fine tuning. Like, that's exactly it. Or the right, the, or the, the wrong way. The right person in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, how many how many Fs? Because you don't like my potty mouth. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I agree with the consensus of the group. I, I think it is a 10 as well. But when I watch this, this is what I think about. So watching a lot of behind-the-scenes feature stuff on some of the films we've done so far, and Dan O'Bannon's Widow says that mm. you know she doesn't name anything but she says there's a few things that carpenter and dan worked on together <gasps> oh. had ideas on in college together yeah. oh is and, this it? Said, and that's all i'm gonna yeah. say she never says what but my gut is that escape from new york is one of them oh Dang. i don't know why i just feel like this is one of the ones that the two of them kind of may have hatched together in college that uh he ended up running ideas with. around yeah Dang, that would... Well, I mean, yeah. I have nothing to back that up, but still. I, I like, like the that, hypothesis. Yeah. I feel like that's that's like Kanye saying he came up with the idea for Django. <laughs> that's right. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Dan O'Bannon. Like, uh, you know, that dude's a genius, but yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, what weird strangeness would... <laughs> what I, you know, I, bizarre ideas did he have that would have gone into this since the world is so like vast realistically mm-hmm. like, I, I mean it, it does kind of have like if you look at it it does kind of then again I think a lot of movies from the 80s kind of all had that look there yeah. is a look to this that does kind of look like alien just in the but I think that could just be in the way that it's filmed I think it's just a, a lot of uh, dark, dirty places. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Black society, yeah. yeah. The, the impact of uh, Reaganomics, all that stuff is... The yeah, the, yeah, the government overreach is. and the world police force yeah. and the, all that. I think that is kind of right up both of their alleys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Ooh. Now I'm going to be watching like the rest of these movies with, like, was this the one that they had? <laughs> like, was this the idea? I could see They Live being kind of in that yeah. world too for yep. sure you know that consume and you know the whole the longest fights he never recorded on film god i love that thing so much yeah you do yeah you do <laughs> you dirty mother <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna put on these glasses <laughs> that ending is oh man that ending kicked my ass it's great you, yeah yes you I'll let you guys you guys will get into it <laughs> Well, we will. We we have a, a long journey ahead. I of look us. forward to hearing it. Yes, it's it's going to be fun. Speaking of hearing things, segue. Wow, where do people hear you? <laughs> that was really. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite impressive. Uh, so yeah, I've, as we've said, I am one of the co-hosts. One of three, the three co-hosts, Kevin, Tom, and myself, uh, doing the Real Spoilers podcast. That's real with two E's, like a yeah. movie reel. Um, so you can find us kind of anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, 
apparently now Amazon, which is a whole other thing. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Like we said, it's basically we're going to take the big movie of the week and break it down. During COVID, if you get kind of into it during COVID, we had to (laughs) figure something out. So there's a lot of like misbegotten sequels or sequels to movies you didn't know existed. Like, uh, what did we do? A Christmas Story 2. We did one of those. We did uh, like the like the sequel to the Maltese Falcon, hmm. the Sting oh. Two, the Sting Two things like that. it was very weird. The sequel to Rosemary's Baby that I had to watch on YouTube because <laughs> there was no other way to watch it. Uh, so that's what we do uh, over there. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a, a main page, but if you search out the League of Show Shares, that's a, that's our group, and that's actually there's a lot more conversation going on in there. So uh, feel free to check that out as well. And you can follow us on the Twitter. That's that's all at Real Spoilers. It's all there. Awesome. Yeah. We have a Patreon, too, if that matters. Nobody really... We we think people are subscribing to it. We're doing episodes (laughs) for it. Uh, Me and my buddy Matt from the Matt Basler podcast, we are... We just wrapped up the Evil Dead series. So we did a a whole little run on Evil Dead. So from Evil Dead 1 all the way to Ash versus the Evil Dead. And I think we're going to... Matt and I disagree on Halloween Ends. And I think we're getting getting into it tomorrow, so Ooh. that should be up. Yeah, that'll be up there as well. Yeah, good luck. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Thank thank you very much. <laughs> that's that's a shitload of content, Joe. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank oh, you I love for it. talking about, of course, so many Carpenter movies. Oh, we, happily, we can happily. never just stick to one in our episodes. Like we sidebar into. So many things. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for going on this journey with us. Happily. <laughs> so everyone, go listen to Real Spoilers. Give Screen Run a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Screen Run. Chris is at CG Scalzo. I am at The Lady One. And that's it. We're going to be back again for our next episode. Chris, what are we going to talk about next one? We are taking a quantum leap in quality, I think. <laughs> John Carpenter's masterpiece. My favorite horror film of all time. You're obsessed. You're obsessed. We'll be oh. talking about the thing with my co-host on my other show. Matt Ooh. will be joining us. So uh, that'll what be a uh, dope, mo- dope movie. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be is fun. It, is it Rob Bottin? That did the makeup in there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> one of the movies I've probably seen the most in my life. That's legit. Yeah. I watch it at least once a year, easily uh, since like the late '80s, probably. So everybody scared the shit out of me. I don't oh, know yeah. why. Yeah, that dog was like, I'm done. Thanks. (laughs) Chris, I'm not even going to prepare at all. You can just run that one. Okay. Does that sound good to you? Sure. (laughs) You've seen, this. the thing is one of the ones you've seen, correct? Yes. Okay. I made that one happen prior to this. Okay. I did. I did. There's like five, five Carpenter movies I think I had seen before we started. Have you seen the prequel sequel? Oh, fuck off. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) <laughs> they did a sequel, but it, they, they make they made a prequel like what oh. eight years ago, five six years uh, ago. Yeah, with Mary Elizabeth Weinstead and um, yeah, uh, I heard, Joel Edgerton. I did hear Joel about Edgerton. That. Yeah, yeah. No, I've never seen that. Don't. <laughs> I pro- it, I think it's promising, but the problem is for some reason, like at the last minute, they decided to go with CGI effects instead of the practical effects that so they had actually bad. designed, and well, it dumb. suffers. Yeah, it's real. It's real dumb. It's real Nobody bad. Should do that. No, and it especially like the thing. it's the whole it's the whole like it's the whole <laughs> like, thing. That's the thing. Yeah. But that's not what I meant, but it is true. Yeah. It is the thing. Like, yeah, I that's... know you're you're absolutely right. Swing well, and a miss. 
There's well, there's stuff in there to enjoy. I would say maybe check it out, but just maybe I need to rewatch it. I remember seeing it in theaters, and being like, "No, fuck this." Yeah, <laughs> but I guess the nostalgia bust, right? Like where it's like, "Oh God, like why are we doing this?" But maybe I'll give it another chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the problem is, it just becomes frustrating because the, the, sure, the, sure. the it's there. Or the the idea is there, right? It's something. Oh, like I'd like to have seen what had happened at the other frustrating facility, part. but then yeah. Yeah, that's the most frustrating part. Sometimes it's best not to know. Right. All right, bring us home, Juan. I already did. (laughs) (laughs) I already ended the show. (laughs) All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks again, Joe. Absolutely, man. I was happy to do it. That was was good stuff. thank you. Absolutely. All right, everybody, take care of yourselves. We love you very much. Can't end the show ever. <laughs> Call me Snake. <laughs>